Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God Launch Podcast, and on today's episode, I am talking to Nancy, and we are talking about YouTube, and I'm really excited about this because we have not talked about YouTube on this podcast before, so that's awesome. And not only that, she's been using YouTube for a little over four years with great success, and um, you know, there's no better time than now. It's not too late to start with YouTube, so get started with it. You know, we, we all know that video is here to stay, right? So let's just admit that, but... I also want to say that Nancy, she used YouTube to actually sell her online course, which is kind of unheard of when it comes to YouTube. But I tell you what, it was a massive success, really massive. So if you don't want to miss out on that, definitely have to check out this episode. So stay tuned. Okay, so one quick note before we get into today's episode. Now, we all know creating content takes time, but it will be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done, by when, and by who. Now, if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for my free Map Out Your Launch mini course, so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now, you'll find the link in the show notes, or you can go to www.kenwescar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wesker, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Westgar, and today I have Nancy with me. Welcome, Nancy. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's really good to have you here. And today we're going to talk about something that we haven't talked about on the show, actually, and it's YouTube, and you've actually used YouTube a lot in your business, mm-hmm. um, your Etsy coach. Um, so I would love for you to just give us a quick introduction of you know, who you are, who you help, and how you help people. Of course. So I've been in the digital space now for 13 years, but I started doing or I became an Etsy coach about four and a half years ago. And that's where I started my YouTube channel as well. So I do a little bit of uh, mostly is Etsy coaching. So helping Etsy sellers take their passions and turn them into profits. I also do a lot of small business tips. I talk about digital marketing how to grow on social media, how to bring brand awareness to your business. Um, I have a Etsy course for Etsy sellers. That's my primary income, um, as well as becoming a YouTube partner, um, Google AdSense, and other things that you make from YouTube as well. So that's kind of mm-hmm. like a little bit of background of, of what I do and what I specialize in. Exactly. So you've been using YouTube for how long now? Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. quite a long time. Um, and how has that been gradually growing since you kind of started and like where you're at now? How, is that, yes. how does that look like? So I always wanted to be a YouTube partner or be mm-hmm. a YouTuber in other words. What, what does that entail? What's that a YouTube entails partner? 
Um, a YouTube partner means that, well, right now it doesn't really, I always tell people don't focus so much on it now. At okay. one point, that's what I focused on. But becoming just a YouTuber, regardless of your numbers, because a lot of people look at numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start, it's so great for your business brand awareness to grow your business, to drive organic leads to your business on a regular basis, to grow, um, to get sales. Even if you're not a YouTube partner, you can still make money using the platform. Now, once Mm -hmm. you do become a YouTube partner, um, the reason why I love YouTube is that you get paid on the videos that you create. And I'll give you an example. Um, My first year on YouTube, I believe I made about 5,000. The second year, nine. The third year, like, um, 20 and the fourth year, 40,000. And wow. that's just extra money that I make. Exactly. And, and hopefully this year will be even more than 40. Um, so that's what I mean by you to partner. However, you can still make money if you already have your own product, your own services, even though you're not are, even though if you're not monetized. So don't focus so much on becoming you to partner, but focus on creating content catered to your target audience. And everything else will fall in place eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. now focusing on the fact that, you know, you want to make money using YouTube, but that would rather be, you know, focusing on serving your audience and that will just follow. Naturally you, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to kind of get hung up on. Oh, I want to use YouTube to make that money. And, uh, but yeah, you, you've proven that, you know, I mean, even just $5,000 a year for just putting out your content. I mean, that's great. Usually yeah. people pay you to put out your free content depending anyway. On so. live, depending yeah. on your, where you live or your situation, your financial situation, that can make a big impact Absolutely. in your life as well. Mm-hmm. So is there any difference in terms of, you know, what type of content you create? It, does that matter in terms of, um, you know, how much you get paid per video or? Um, no, with YouTube is more based on, are you keeping people entertained or if you're educating people, are you keeping people in the platform? Because ultimately mm-hmm. what YouTube wants is if the person watches the video all the way through or at least 50, 50% of the video, that's how you make money. There's a lot of channels that have mm-hmm. larger following than me. They have, I have a right now, I'm about to hit 98,000 subscribers, but there's channels that have, like when I did my one, when I did my review from last year, how much I made, um, I was, I think I was set 75,000 and I made 40,000 for the year. And I know channels that have 130,000 and barely made 15,000 for the year. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of followers. So the follower count doesn't really matter. It's based right. on your content and are people sticking all the way through because you could create a whole bunch of um, videos and possibly grow fast. But if no one is watching your videos, then your um, revenue is going to be a lot less than someone that has videos that people are watching from from the start to the end or at least mm-hmm. 50% of the video. So right. it's more based on watch time and retention and are people sticking around than based on your subscriber count. Makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And do you take that into account when you create the content that you put on YouTube? Do you like have like this, um, let's say, formula that, you know, I need to go through these steps to make sure I keep these, um, that keep the audience entertained? Yeah, you always have to, um, once you create a lot of videos, um, I think one key thing to do is always look at your metrics um, to see what's working and what's not working. Um, If you're just creating a video and just throwing it out and hoping for the best, um, you know, you might get lucky, but it's just better to look at what videos are performing. What did you do different in those videos 
that you could continue like doubling on those type of videos. Mm -hmm. And I've learned a lot from, you know, in the beginning of my intro was super long. So people were falling off. Right. Right. Um, So you learn that and you're like, okay, how can I shorten that? And then I learned, you know, uh, make your intro, like your hook really interesting so people could stick around till the end. And not just that, you know, focus on the value, not so much. Um, don't worry about the quality so much of your video, but if you're providing a lot of value for your ideal customer, then they'll stick around. And I think the fourth thing I've learned is that playlists are very important or very critical. So if you have a video that goes with another video, kind of mentioning, you know, watch this video next for the next steps, that increases your watch time. And therefore you make more money as well when it comes to YouTube AdSense and getting, you know, money from them. So, mm. yeah, good point. But definitely always look at your, your data for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you've been doing YouTube for four years and uh, I mean, just in those four years, I mean, a lot of change in terms of how important video is. I mean, I, I would almost dare to say that when you started out with YouTube, it wasn't that big of a deal, but now it's like, you almost can't live without it. I kind of agree with you. When I first started it, I started it because I always wanted to be a YouTuber. Even a couple of years ago, I have done YouTube and I failed at it. Mm-hmm. And this time around, I was like, okay, I know my niche. I'm going to go to, instead of being all over the place, I'm going to niche down and I'm going to just like, you know, stay focused. And and I knew YouTube was a good platform to grow brand awareness. But now that I look back, it was like probably the best investment I ever did or for my business, because even though I'm an introvert and I don't like to be in video and it was really difficult in the beginning for me, um, just taking those baby steps. If you go back to my old videos, um, I would say at least the first year and a half to two years, it was Mm -hmm. all screen share. I never really show my face. All my thumbnails are none of my face. I, I just was, it was just so in my brain, it was just so hard for me to even put myself out there. I didn't like the way I look. I didn't like the way I sound. I, I'm an introvert. I don't want to be in video. And now it's like video is everything. You have to like take the jump and do it. If you want to grow, people connect more. Mm-hmm. If you are behind the, the screen talking to them through video than a static image, that doesn't work anymore. That used to work maybe four or five years ago. Now it's all video. And like you said, if you look at Every single platform, including Facebook, Instagram, I mean, LinkedIn is doing stories now. It's crazy <laughs> how it's just like evolving and video is the future mm-hmm. video. And now ever since I started the video, it was just a big change for my audience. I remember if you go back to those old videos, you see in the comments, people commenting, oh, my God, I see your face. Oh, my God, it's great to see you. Oh, my God, finally, we see your face. Because everybody was just so used to me just talking on the back end mm-hmm. and showing the screen. Um, so when I, I realized, like, wow, like, people are connecting with me even more now. They're liking the videos more. They're watching more. They're staying longer. And kind of my my video um, started growing a little bit quicker when I started showing up. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to do it and just get comfortable. And obviously, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get over mm-hmm. time. Um, but I totally agree with you. I didn't see, I knew video was important, but now it's just almost like, wow, like it's so important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Did you feel like, uh, you know, that shift was that when people saw you doing, you know, face videos, that was like a shift for you to do more of it? 
But yeah. until then, you kind of held back because of it. Yeah, I held back. Just, you know, like everyone has their own insecurities. Mm-hmm. For me, it was being an introvert, being on video. I've never really put myself out there like that. Even before that, the nine years that I do, I did digital marketing. I grew companies. I grew Facebook groups to 200,000. I worked for Mercedes Benz. I did this. I did that. But I was always behind the scene to mm-hmm. kind of put myself in front and be a personal brand. It was just like, oh, my God, this is a lot. So, and then being an introvert didn't help. But what I could tell people is that was the best thing I could have done as soon as I saw the validation from people commenting and telling me and my sales grew as well with my business. So not just YouTube, not just the monetization from YouTube, but also making money from my affiliate marketing, making money from my course and other areas. I realized like, oh, wow, like you truly make a genuine connection when you show up and you show up your face versus just like a screen share. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to ask, have you had any negative experience with, you know, f- finally showing up in the way you did? Oh, of course. I think um, everyone talks about this. I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm barely anyone, but you do, you get trolls, you get mm-hmm. um, comments, the bigger you grow, the more you're going to get. Um, I just realized, um, I think I'm a little bit older now. If I was younger, I probably would take it a lot harder. And it doesn't mean I don't struggle with it. I just realized that it's just so easy for people to leave negative comments. So you have one, either ignore them and delete them and block them and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Two, if it's constructive feedback, um, try not to take it personal. Sometimes the constructive feedback will actually help you grow as a creator, as a YouTuber. Um, so there's hate, right? And there's constructive right. feedback. So you have to be able to kind of take your feelings off of it and be like, okay, is this a hate one? Or is this like constructive feedback that I could learn from? And what I normally do is I protect my vibe. So I protect my energy, basically. So mm. if it's something I always get like, you know, you're overweight or you have an accent. I, I can't help my accent. Right. Um, I get like these little jabs. So if it's something that I feel like is is said in, an, in, a, in a really bad way, I just block the person. I just don't deal with it. Uh, you have to protect your own brand as well or mm-hmm. your your business, whatever. So if you're the personal brand or you're behind the brand and what you put out there is there forever. People take screenshot, they share it. So for me, I just don't engage with that. It's just not going to do anything good for, for me, for them, for other people to see. Um, so it's just more important to just know that the more you grow, <laughs> the more you will get. And I'm not the only one. I mean, I, I follow some huge creators and they get tons and tons of it as well. So it's pretty normal. But I think that was one of the biggest fear that many people have is that they don't want to put themselves out there because they're scared of that. But for every mean comment, I get like a thousand good comments. But we always focus on that one bad one. Yeah. Instead of focusing on the thousands of good ones. And that's where we need to put our energy on. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just need to hear that because, like you said, you know, people are genuinely scared of getting that hate comment and, you know, it messes with you and it messes with your energy. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I can understand it. Yes, totally. But yeah, there's a way to deal with it. Totally. Exactly. And another thing you could do, how you could deal with it too, is that if you're lucky enough that you get to a point that you have grown and you have like an assistant or you have um, help, additional help, Mm-hmm. Um, I got this from another YouTuber. Her name is Vanessa Lowey. And she was saying that how she does it is that she have her assistant um, go through all her social media. And if there's any hate, they take care of it. Mm-hmm. So when she shows up in the platform, she doesn't see it. And that's just a way for her to protect her own energy. So that's one way to do it. Or 
you could do certain filters for certain words. If you start seeing the same thing over like me with my accent, Mm -hmm. certain filters that would go ahead and delete those automatically that you don't get to see again, if it bothers you that much. And there are people that deal with it really well. I don't, but there are people that deal with it really well. And I I applaud them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's, um, you know, that's something you got to go through, uh, like self-development or, yeah, just kind Mm -hmm. of, it takes time, obviously. But um, It really does. Yeah. And it's all about, like you said, self-development, mindset, Mm -hmm. just understanding that it just comes with the territory. Yeah. And usually it's just a projection of, you know, how they're feeling about something else that, that has nothing to do with you to just, they just need to distribute the hate over to someone else, basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you mentioned your energy and all that stuff. And I, I, um, I've noticed a couple of your times when I've done a webinar or something like that, you know, and when you show video, how important that energy is, because when I look back at it, it's like, Oh wow, Ken, you are so boring. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what in the God's name is that? So yeah. How do you feel? I mean, you seem like a really energetic per- person, positive, oh. um, but obviously you need to get that through the camera. And that's not necessarily by just, you know, being Mm-mm. your plain old self. You kind of need exactly. to amp it up a little bit. You do need to amp it up. I amp up mine a lot. I'm a very optimistic person naturally, but I'm an introvert. I'm mm-hmm. very reserved person. Um, I have a small circle group of friends. Um, I keep it to myself a lot. So for me to be bubbly, it takes a lot out of me because that's not my personality. But I understand that when you are in the limelight or you're doing videos, you have to have that a little bit more. But what I tell people is you learn this as you go. Your first video is going to suck. Your first podcast is going to suck. Your first blog is going to suck. Whatever you do, your first one is going to suck. And the more you do it, the more you learn. And then you have to sit there and watch them, even if they make you cringe like mine. I was pregnant, you know, barely could talk because I'm like breathing really hard. I'm on the floor sitting. The I did the video. You see all the black line. I didn't even size the video right. I'm like, what was I doing? You're going to cringe watching yourself. But that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. And then take some of the feedback when people say you talk too much. Don't take it so offensive. Just think about it and be like, did I talk a lot in the beginning? Like, did I? Just keep talking and rumbling. Did I go to Mm. something else besides the topic? Learn from the reviews. Learn from what people are saying. When they say, oh, my God, I love this video. And you're getting that time after time after time. And you see a lot of comments that are positive. That means that whichever you did there, replicate. If you get in a video that many people are complaining, like, get to the point. Or you're talking too much. Or it's too long. Or I didn't learn anything. Learn from that as well. Don't take it so personal. But it is the first time it's going to suck and it, it is on everything you do in life. And it's just about learning. The more you do it, your 50th video, it will be a lot better than your first video. I'm sure next year I will look at today's video and be like, what the heck were you thinking? <laughs> and it just keeps going like that. And you keep getting better and better and more confident. And you take those baby steps. And when you least suspect it, you're doing podcasts, you're doing YouTube, you're doing reels, you're doing stuff that Normally you wouldn't do because you're very reserved or shy or introverted or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you do to make sure that you show up and stay present and just kind of bring that right energy? Is it, you know, is it planning or is it, you know, do you do some affirmations or what's like, what happens before you get on a video? You know what? Um, for me, I do think affirmations are super, super great. Mm-hmm. I don't do them as much as I should 
but I actually do have a book full of them. And I should, I used to do them before and they really, really worked um, for me at one mm. point where I needed them the most. Um, for me, what it is, is being consistent, showing up every day, having a good attitude all the time, mm-hmm. um, planning out my videos help out a lot, like having a schedule, um, knowing, making sure that I stick to my topics also. Um, you know, I don't want to, if I'm talking about XE and small business tips and social media, I don't want to create a video about my favorite shoes, right? So making sure that I'm talking about topics that my audience is searching for and that they're there for, right? Because if now you get unsubscribes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me to bring the right energy, I think for me, it's something inside of me that I always been like this. It's like, I want to succeed and I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'm going to do more than you. Um, and I don't think you should compete with other people. You should compete with your own self because we all have different backgrounds, different experiences in life. I know I do, um, but I'm still a little bit of a competitive person. So I'm the type of person that I like to be competitive a little bit, to be quite honest. But Mm -hmm. what keeps me going is knowing that in this time of life, you could make money online anywhere you live. Doesn't matter where you're from, what nationality you're from. It doesn't matter your background like mine, mine, and you could still make money online. It's just amazing. It's just really amazing. And I, I started in the digital space out of hardship in 2007, um, the financial crisis hit. And in 2009, I lost my home. I was like 24 at the time. I'm 40 now. And I started Googling how to make money online because I I was losing my home. I had to stop school. I I was going to DePaul University to be a dermatologist. I had to stop school and I was working at three jobs, uh, you know, at a Kmart overnight at a bar on the weekends, just getting paid based on how many shots I sold. Mm-hmm. And then I was working at some antenna enterprise, a company where you sell cable to Hispanic people. And you only got paid if you sold something. So right. you could just imagine. <laughs> I started out of the necessity. I started Googling how to make money online. I fell in love with it. And even though I struggled for so many years to make money online, to make enough to be a full-time, I went, I told myself, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to make money online sooner or later. It's going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. And I tried everything from freelance YouTube. I felt that a, a couple of years ago, um, blogging, flipping blogs. Um, I started doing freelance. I started working with clients. Uh, and then I went back to school and got a master's and another bachelor's on business administration with marketing. Cause I told myself, if I can't make money online, I'm going to work as a digital marketing specialist because I fell in love with it. That's what keeps me driving. It's just, I just love the space. I haven't had the success like other people that like, boom, you know, they blew up really quickly. But I do know that a lot of times when we look at them, we're like, whoa, they're making millions. How did they do that? But if you look at, if you understand their story, a lot of them have been around for a long time trying to figure it out. And eventually something went right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel the same way when people look at me, they're like, oh, it's easy for you. You got a hundred thousand over here, a hundred thousand followers over here. You got a group of 90,000, but if they only knew I've been struggling for a long time. So what keeps me going is just the right energy and just the mindset of this is amazing. Like the things that you, that anyone could achieve online with something that you love. And that's what keeps me going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's easy, you know, to see all the experts and gurus because they tell 
that last part of the story, you know, the success uh-huh. that they had. And we kind of forget that, you know, yeah, they've been struggling for 10 years before that. So <laughs> we're kind of on the same boat here, <laughs> you know, exactly. like exactly. you said, you know, something clicked and boom, they got success and it happens kind of fast. So, but yeah, it's easy to forget that, you know, they've been struggling for quite a few years as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like, you know, you've been doing this for years, obviously. So, if someone were to start at now, they might feel like, oh, well, it's too late for me now. I mean, you should have started four years ago. But, uh, I mean, obviously, you if you don't start now, you will definitely fall behind in a kind of way. But mm-hmm. what better time than now, right? Yeah, I don't feel like there's there's never too late. I see mm-hmm. so many people online that's just started like four years ago and they have passed me. I'm like, oh, my God, how did you pass me? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like you kind of start comparing yourself a little bit there, but there's so many success stories of people that, you know, don't have that much of a, like me, like a stretch of learning and all the mistakes I've made and they have success a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's late. If anything, we're just scratching the surface of the digital space. I mean, YouTube just started in 2005. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like a long time, but not really, (laughs) you know, if, I could easily say, I wish I would have started in 2005 a YouTube channel. I wish, you know, but it is what it is. You know, you didn't start then. I didn't start then. So now is the time to start. Obviously, in a year from now, you're going to wish you had started, you know, last year. Mm. So it is the time to grow. I don't think there, there's not no room for everyone. I think there's enough room for everyone. And video marketing is like the, the best way you could go. I mean, there's no other platform. Um, that I could think of besides maybe podcasts, but I'm not real familiar with podcasts that they pay you for creating content. Even Instagram doesn't pay you and Facebook doesn't pay you. I mean, you could start with YouTube and kind of grow from there. Um, it just, it's just, this is the time now. This is the mm. time. I, I think that we're just scratching the surface. We're just starting. Yeah. We're just starting. Exactly. And is YouTube like the only platform that you use in terms of creating content? You might use Instagram or something like that, but is you mm-hmm. like the primary um, platform? Well, I tell people I don't, I want to make sure that I address that you don't need to be in all social media platforms to be successful yeah. because that's the quickest way to burn out. I've been there and I understand how it is so tiring to mm-hmm. come up with content and then reshare and try to keep up with every single platform. What I always recommend is one, looking at your stats. If you have, let's say, I don't know, if you have a blog, um, looking at your stats, seeing how are people finding you? And if you start noticing like, oh, Pinterest is driving a lot of traffic, I barely use it, but it's kind of like the number one platform. Then using that platform um, to use as your main effective platform additioning, additional to blogging. What I always say is, it's better to master one platform then try to use so many, but you don't know what you're doing on, on, on none of them. So then you're not seeing results. You're just posting, but you're not connecting. You're not building a brand. You're not building, um, you're not being active on it the right way, right? You're not being social on it. So it's going to be, you're going to feel like, oh, well, I'm posting on TikTok. I do Instagram. I do YouTube and nothing gives because you're not giving yourself a hundred percent on that platform. If you're stretching yourself to thin, and you don't know how to use the platform the correct way. You don't know how to optimize your photos. You don't know how to do hashtag research or keyword research. You're not, you know, doing the time. You're not researching before you even post whatever you're posting. 
then you're just another user. You're just another Pinterest user. You're just another Instagram user. So in the beginning, when you are starting out, it's better, in my opinion, to have some type of platform that's search search engine friendly. So YouTube is one, podcast mm-hmm. is one, blogging is one. Why? Because those give you endless traffic. As long as you're co- creating content, like blogging, I have a blog that makes me about, it made me a little bit more in January, but that's kind of like sloping down a little bit, I think, because of everything that's happening. But it made me 37,000 in January. And it, mm-hmm. and I had it for four years. It's taken a long time to build it up. But that's one example of blogging. And over time, it keeps escalating and you keep making more money, as, especially if you put the time on it, right? Mm-hmm. YouTube is the same way. For years from now, you know, I'm still making money from videos that I did the first year that I cringe on. They're horrible and I'm still making money from them. It's one of those platforms. So I always say pick one platform that's search engine friendly and then pick, make sure you have email marketing because that's crucial. And then in addition to that, choose one social media platform. So maybe you want to do Instagram. Maybe you like Instagram. Maybe you see that Facebook works better for you. You get more engagement there. But when you try to spread yourself too thin, and it's it's going to warn you out, especially in the beginning when you're trying to learn all these things. You're trying to learn how to do podcasting or you're trying to learn how to do YouTube videos, how to do keyword research, how to create your thumbnails, what softwares to use. You're trying to learn how to, you know, share that to your audience. It's so many things. You could quickly become overwhelmed and then say, well, this doesn't work. I do everything that doesn't work. So that's what I tell people in the beginning. Now, if you're like me and you feel like, OK, I have master Pinterest. And I have bashed out my content. I do it like for me, I do it one time a month. I bash out all of my content and it's automated. So because I have systems and processes, it is a lot easier for me to be all over the place. I do Instagram. I do do YouTube. I do Reddit. I do um, LinkedIn. I do (laughs) Facebook. um, I think I said that already. Um, (laughs) I use all of them, but there are platforms that I put a little bit more time. So Instagram is one and Pinterest with connecting mm-hmm. Facebook. I connect in my groups, but in my regular Facebook page, I really don't. And I probably should, but I just focus on the ones that I know drive me more, but mm-hmm. I keep posting on the other ones because there are people that don't use Instagram, but they're on Facebook. See, so I still post in case they they find me through there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about knowing your limits and saying, okay, I'm starting out. Let me not overwhelm myself to the point that, I want to give up and just pick one platform, do email marketing, which is so important, and then do one, do a social media platform, email marketing, and one that's search friendly, search engine right. friendly. I think those three are perfect for anyone starting out and sufficient enough, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And in terms of optimization in on YouTube, um, what are some things that we need to think about on that platform? On YouTube, um, you want to make sure that you're using some type of tool. You could use keywords everywhere. You could use video IQ, which is what I use. I also use um, keywords everywhere. You could do um, TubeBuddy, I think it's called. Um, and it's a monthly fee, but the first thing you have to realize as, as an entrepreneur, you got to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to spend the money, but then they don't see the results. So you have to spend money to make money and have a tool that's going to help you do keyword research. Don't try to figure it out all yourself. Um, that's going to be the quickest way. And then with YouTube optimization is basically finding keywords that are relevant to whatever video you're posting. So if your video is how to grow 
your Etsy store for me, right? How to grow your mm -hmm. Etsy store on social media. Every keyword should be how to grow on social media for your Etsy store. Um, Etsy marketing, you know, tips. Everything should be re relevant to what I'm talking about. I shouldn't have a tag in there that says how to use Etsy SEO. Because we're, my topic is social media. I'm going to be talking about Instagram, maybe Facebook. So just making sure that you're using relevant tags because if somebody's searching for how, how to grow XCSEO, they come across your video, but then they play it and they're like, wait, this is all social media. Like Instagram has nothing to do with what I was searching. That actually tanks your videos. Mm -hmm. It hurts your conversion rate. It tanks your videos. Now the YouTube algorithm is going to say, well, nobody's really watching this video. It's not performing that great. Um, let's not, you know, show it on the homepage. They're not going to push it out to more people. So it's really, really important that you optimize it with tags that are relevant to whatever you're talking about. Addition to that, making sure that you, when you're, you, when you're creating your videos, whatever keywords you want to rank for, put them in your script. So when you're speaking and saying, hi, guys, in today's video, I'm going to talk about how to grow on social media. Make sure you say, I'm going to be talking about how to grow on social media as an XC seller. Include those keywords when you're talking. Mm -hmm. Include them in your description also as organically as possible in the context of the description. Don't do keyword stuffing. It's not allowed on YouTube. It actually goes against their um, rules. And then in addition to that, you want to put them in your tags. And that's about it. That's the optimization. Make sure you have a thumbnail that looks good, that that's easy to read, that's going to make people want to click. Don't make it too clickbait, I guess. But if you do, make sure that it goes with what you're talking about, at least. So when people do fall on it, they're like, it was kind of clickbait, but it was the best video I ever watched. So mm -hmm. those are like the biggest um, things to do when you're optimizing your YouTube video. It's just, again, making sure you have you're using tags that are relevant to your video and then researching the tags and making sure that people are searching for these tags and that the competition is not that high. So um, just to give you an idea, when I look at a video, when I'm looking for tags for a video, excuse me, I want to make sure that my search volume is higher than my competition. Okay. And with Video IQ, they have different colors. So you want to stick, if you're using Video IQ, you want to stick with the green and light green. Anything in red usually means there's so many videos, it's going to be hard for you to rank. So that's right. another tip, I guess, anyone could use that is currently trying out YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, do you use YouTube to sell, launch, you know, in any kind of way, or is it just free value? You know what? Um, I have tested it out, and it might look like, oh, my God, why would she do that? Like, talk about her course or talk mm -hmm. about a launch. But I'm like, well, I have an audience there and I have used it and it actually has exactly. worked for me really well. I did that um, 10 months, well, a little bit over 10 months ago, I did that. And in 10 months, I made over 400,000 just from a video I put on my what? YouTube channel. I kid you not, it's crazy, but it works. <laughs> but a lot of people look at it as like sleazy or it's, it's like tacky. And right. I understand that too. I could see that. Um, but the way I did my video is, I have reduced my my cost of my course, which I probably shouldn't, but I reduced it to help out as many people during COVID. Mm -hmm. So I did a video on that about why I reduced the price because a lot of people were, were asking me, like, why is it so cheap? Like, what's the cash? So I did a video and I was like, hey, guys, I have the video at this price. 
is going to go up pretty soon, which I am planning to do it like over the summer. And if you want it now, get it now at this price. This is the lowest it's ever going to be. And I explained the video. I explained in the video what my course is about, everything you get included for that price. And it's still running the video and it gets me tons and tons of sales. So for some people or marketers might be like, oh, that's kind of like sleazy. For me, I didn't think it was. I mean, I'm being straightforward. I'm talking about my course. It's not it's, sleazy to me. It's like I'm hiding stuff. I'm not hiding mm -hmm. anything. I'm just promoting my course in my channel. Exactly. So, and to be honest with you, when you are first starting out, you don't want to do that. You want to provide value because if you start with selling, people are going to be like, wait, hold up. I didn't sign up for this, you know? So I'll give you an idea. I'm one of the few, and I say this not to brag. I don't say this to sound like I'm so special. I'm not. I say this because I am different from everyone else that is in my field. I have over seven, no, 800. Just, I got a, a, a little thing that told me 800 uploads in my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. My competitors have 40, 60. I have 800. My first three years, I did over a hundred and, oh, I think it's 60 videos where I critique Etsy stores for free. Mm. I wasn't doing videos to manipulate the search engine to grow, which is the best strategy, right? You want to create a video that you're going to get tons of growth and in a year grow from zero to 20,000. No, I did three years. I did videos every month. I chose one to four Etsy stores mm. um, and I did free critiques. The critiques are 40 to sometimes 60 minutes long for free. I didn't charge wow. no one anything. Why did I do that? One, to provide value. Two, to grow my email list. Three, to grow credibility. Four, value, 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 value. No one else in my field has done that. If you Now they do little critiques here and there, but they never done three years straight without mm -hmm. charging. And those three years, I didn't have nothing to promote. Like, I didn't promote a course. I didn't say, you know, buy my course after you watch this critique. I didn't promote anything besides free stuff. So that's how I provided value. That's how I grew my channel. It wasn't the most tactful way because when you start a YouTube channel, the reason why people don't do free critiques is because they know those videos are not going to perform. They're not going to go viral. Those are mm -hmm. me talking about a story. Hey, uh, you know, Ken, you should change this in your story and you should fix it. That's all I'm doing in the video. But there are other people that will watch it. And now they look at you as an expert in your niche. Exactly. You build credibility. You And then you could redirect that traffic to your email. Hey, join me on my free Facebook group. I do tips there as well. And that's how you build credibility. And I did that for three years before I had a course. And a lot of people tell you have a product before you start creating videos. So as you're creating videos, you make money. And that is the smart way. I didn't do it that way. I did it backwards. <laughs> Provide a lot of value build my credibility, and then sold something later. Mm. Um, either way is good, but always start with value more than anything. Yeah, and YouTube, you know, we tend to go there to get some kind of value, learn something, not expecting exactly. to be sold to, obviously. But like you said, you know, I still feel like you're not actually selling something. You're just giving people an opportunity to, you know, learn a little bit more, go a little bit deeper, and here's something that you can offer to them in terms yeah, of... Yeah, and I know, feel like... I feel like when you have can like provide so much value, mm -hmm. when you throw in a video about, hey guys, here's my course, it's not that bad. Yeah. 
if you never provide value and all of your videos buy this, buy this, buy this, that's when it becomes a problem. So yeah. when I did that, I never got any any neg- negative feedback from my audience. I just think about it as a marketer. I'm like, is this a smart move? Well, for me, it was because I almost mm-hmm. made ha- I made almost a half a million. But for many people, they don't do that because they're like, why would I do that? I'm like, why not? Like, it's no different than somebody doing an affiliate marketing review of mm-hmm. something and they put it in their YouTube. People click on the link and they buy. It's kind of the same thing. The difference is this is my product that I'm showcasing, I guess. Exactly. I would love to, you know, just chat and chat about YouTube because obviously there's a lot to learn uh, and you have a lot to share. But is there anything that you feel like we missed out that we need to share or do we think you covered most of it? I think for for the most part, we cover everything. Um, If anyone is listening to this and they're like, I want to start a YouTube channel but I just don't know where to start. I don't know what niche to pick. I don't know what I'm good at. What I always do is create a list of different things that you're passionate about or you like the outcome you will get. So some people, like when I started my principal store on XC, I wasn't really passionate about it, but I, I was passionate about the outcome of create, of making passive income. Mm-hmm. So you passion could grow later and it grew for me. So do something that, that you're good at, that you enjoy, or you don't mind willing to learn, right? Because we're, sometimes we learn as we go. And then do a whole bunch of videos about it. If you have more than one niche, create multiple videos. And once you start finding your winning videos, create more of that and then niche down. Excellent. That's what I would advise. Mm-hmm. Great advice. <laughs> um, so if people want to learn a little bit more about you, maybe work with you, how can they reach out to you? Or clinic for you for that matter. Yes. I apologize. I have a sinus infection. They could reach out to me at nancybadijo.com. And there I have all my social media links. So that would be the best place. All right. We'll link up that in show notes so people have something to click through. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to come on the show, share a little bit about, you know, your uh, experience with YouTube. I really appreciate that. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. And I apologize for my voice. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you for everybody who's been listening and take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.